This episode of the Vergecast is brought to you by High Five. How many times have you had a meeting where you waste the first 15 minutes? It's usually because somebody has trouble joining the call or you can't share your screen or somebody else can't be heard or they don't have the right pin code or Dieter's in charge of your meeting. It's mm. nothing but problems. Wrecked. The people at High Five want to give you back the first 15 minutes of their meeting. That's why they built easy-to-use video and web conferencing that you can actually love. So... Go to highfive.com slash verge and request a free trial of high five. That's H I G H F I V E dot com slash verge and get a free trial today. <laughs> what just happened there? <laughs> Fine. It it's made it's made drop. It's <laughs> that was our mic drop. <laughs> that was our, yeah. You know, uh, mic dropping in the future is actually just pressing a button early. <laughs> That's what it looks like. Um, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Vergecast, uh, the podcast of the Verge. For the look- week of? Well, so, oh. hmm. so we're recording this on May 14th, but it is the week of another time, May 11th. But you are probably listening to unless it on you May start, 15th. Unless you start the week on Sunday like a buster, in which case it's a week of May 10th. <laughs> I don't the Sunday the week start thing is crazy. Yeah. You know what Sunday is for? Sunday is for sadness. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, uh, Sunday is the saddest day. Of the you, week. you want you want to know something funny? Sunday was my birthday. Oh my! Well, <laughs> duh, Dieter. Uh, Sunday is for happiness tinged by sadness. Uh, perfect. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what what? D- d- bittersweet Dieter's birthday. <laughs> That's how I think of Sunday. It's Sunday's like the last day of senior year. Right. Every day, <laughs> every week. What? Uh, so I will say this. It's whatever day it is for you, for me, for the world. Uh-huh. Um, this is the Vergecast. Dieter is sitting to my right. He has just come back from a trip. Yep. He was on the red eye last night. I did not sleep well on the red Dieter eye. Dieter will be crazy today. Yeah. To my left is Russell Brandom, which is very exciting. Yeah, I'm crazy every day. Yeah. Russell is a maniac. <laughs> uh, he's Russell is illegal in four states. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you know Yeah, this. can't go back there. Uh, Sam? Shalom. I don't even know. Wow. That's Sam, is always a member of our crew. The hype squad. The hype squad. <laughs> Sam has a new, we just hired uh, a new. A like, junior social person. Yeah, and Sam, her name is Caitlin. You might see her around. Yeah, on she's Verge. great. She's great. Really smart. Um, yes, that is true. We're very excited to have her. But you you see her. She, sit next, she sits next to Sam, and Sam is tasked with teaching her everything she knows, or that he knows. And you see her just, like, absorbing the information. And then there's going to be two of them. And that, <laughs> like, I don't know how that's going to go for us, but it's going to be awesome. Are you guys going to get like matching haircuts? I mean, we kind of already have similar haircuts, but she's she has oh, red burn, hair. Oh, burn, dude! <laughs> what do you mean? I I mean, let's just, let's be clear. I think Caitlin has better hair than you. <laughs> she has a really nice red tint of hair. Yeah. It's it's natural too. <laughs> what? I love you, buddy. No, it's a good tint of yeah. hair. That's how we talk about hair colors it's you. It's a good here view. in 2015. <laughs> no, it's great. The saturation of your hair is perfect. Love the chroma. I'm just saying I've Wow. Words. Yeah. These are the, this is literally what I've This is Visco Cam. You've been hanging out too yeah, much with exactly. the Visco kids. No, you look great with the Hudson filter on your hair. <laughs> uh, and then later on in the show, I don't, if you have been reading The Verge this week, which I hope you have, published a great feature about uh, killing rats, yeah. which is crazy and high-tech, and Josh Jezza, our reports editor, is going to join us a little bit later, and we're going to talk about that. So an action-packed show. Yeah, absolutely. That we will now not begin. We'll just sit in <laughs> silence for some time. Can I, can I tell you that? So on, on my trip, I was with uh, Rondo, one of our video directors. And a he, frightening man. He, um, he proposed, and I agree, that we are going to start a new band oh my. called Chamfer and the Bezels. Ooh, that's <laughs> that's pretty good. Very right? clever. Who gets to be chamfer though? Uh, well, I think and he does. Who ends it? And you're just going to be one I'll of the be bezels. One of the bezels yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. My yeah. friends had a band in college called Pixel and the Chronic Network. Pixel was fun. Wow. I'm not even, it's very strange. Okay. Uh, the whole band was uh, uh, they made, they made one record. It was about a robot. I can't believe it. my friend Gabe and my friend John are going to freak out that I'm telling that story. Um. It was, the whole robot. band was about a robot named Pixel who lived in the future, and he discovered uh, like a previous time. He discovered the past yeah. through like artifacts and like which finding, is our present, which is our present. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, and he using the power of rock music traveled back in time, like Deltron thirty thirty, kind of, but like different. Like, yeah, no, you know, Deltron's mean, like very future. This is like yeah. a robot who wanted to be in the past. He wanted to find. 
his like human well, side. Well, it's also right. like Rush where in 2012 he discovers the guitar and then <laughs> he frees his people yeah. because of that. I think yeah. it's been a while since I really dug in. We but need I'm to like, call sure Michael a, Shane. Yeah, no, there's him. like an How? archaeological thing and he discovers the guitar and then there's like a huge solo which one of us is going to try and bring this back to verizon how's that gonna <laughs> we're not going to i'm just saying here well, so verizon but, aol is the guitar and verizon no. <laughs> but <laughs> verizon discovered the past which is aol yeah exactly <laughs> i'm just gonna but, but pixel their their hit song was called rock music time machine which i still oh that's a good it's like old friends of mine oh, yeah. yeah no you don't, nobody knows the song because it was like three people in chicago <laughs> made the song but they to to release this record they rented out a full parking structure at our university and we had a party like on the roof of this park. It was crazy. That's awesome. It was fun. Um, this was like before um, any sort of media. So all I have is like <laughs> physical prints. There's there's like no digital record of this occurring. Right. Yeah. Which is a weird thing. If you the only time that happens now for an event, it's like Jay Z's wedding or something, <laughs> and he has to like it like requires immense resources to right. Yeah, to yeah, rediscover he, that past or whatever, if uh, you want to connect it. The story that I've heard is that, like, he rented all the helicopters in the Hamptons to, like, so that paparazzi couldn't. <laughs> this is, like, a yeah, story that I no, don't know. I have totally. no idea if it's true. It's just, like, a wonderful. Yeah. Like, A, it's wonderful that you have the resources to do it. But, B, I think it's more wonderful that, like, in a meeting somewhere, I was like, ah, Jay, we're going to have to rent all the helicopters. <laughs> like, just to. <laughs> Just to be clear, like someone like had made a decision, and then some intern had to call every helicopter service. <laughs> just rent it. Yeah, and she's like, um, I don't know. Do you? Yeah. Uh, how many helicopters do you have? We would like them. <laughs> <laughs> that would be that would be wonderful. Um, okay, let's talk. We should talk about this Verizon AOL situation. Yeah, it, it is in many ways the biggest news of the week. It is in many ways the most boring news of the week. End of boring. the century. It's boring. <laughs> boring. It's they're buying nothing, a, a wireless company. Yeah. You know, like a broad. Like oh, first of all, like the difference between Verizon, Verizon Wireless is always like super annoying to me. Like I like they don't consider them separate, but they do, and who yeah. knows and whatever. Um, they're buying AOL for I, like a, four point four. Four point. I, I was trying to come up with a metaphor. Oh. I've checked my attempt to come up with a metaphor. They're buying You're AOL tired. for an it's amount okay. of money that is far lower than what AOL. Like, well, yeah, AOL no, hype yeah. check $4.4 billion. <laughs> General. In this hype of a bubble, hype. that's that's like okay, that's, that's not a okay. sentence. No. That, it's it's peanuts. They bought it for. That's true. They bought it for one, 100. one, 20, one fourth of a WhatsApp. <laughs> okay. So let's, we, let's start way at the. Back when I what way at the back? Way yeah, just yeah. Back. I was born way. in the year. Yes. So my friends had a band. <laughs> the band was called AOL Time Warner. Then the band <laughs> broke up. Then Time Warner continued releasing albums by itself, but nobody listened to them. Um, That's a good which metaphor. Is, like actually true. <laughs> um, Remember the stores? They had those like physical stores, the Time Warner stores. There was one in my local mall, along with the Zap Comics. You know what I saw yesterday? I was in DC yesterday. Um, and I was, I flew to DC yesterday because of the train thing, which is crazy and sad. Um, you know, there are people like mm. Vox Media people who were going to be in that train. This is all. Wow. This goes, I, I had a, yeah. a whole little thing planned about how all, everything should be self-driving, but whatever. I'm with um, you. Um, really anyway, with but you. I was in, I had to fly in and out of DC yesterday. It was like a super decadent yeah. day because I had meetings there and there's a CNBC store in the DC airport. Yes. What, what is, what, what, yes. what? And it was yeah. like, what do you. <laughs> what what uh, happened like to CNBC baseball cap? I just, no, it's just, just like, love it, it's called CNBC. like the CNBC outpost. CNN, and they just have like magazines. It's, it's just like a Fox regular News store. Is, is, it's yeah, it's like very confusing. Is there's a Mets on store CNBC? across the park. No. I mean, I suppose but, people are fans of the Mets. Yeah, but like, who's like, yeah, yo, the Mets, yeah. Like, if you have to choose between a Hudson News and a CNBC store, yeah. what about you is like, I bet they have better mints. Like, I'm going to go. Yeah, oh, it, they, they just sold like airport crap. Yeah. They didn't sell like CNBC swag. No, there was a little bit of CNBC swag in there, mm -hmm. but like, but at a certain point you reach negative brand equity. <laughs> right. And I don't say this is a knock on CNBC, but like, I think in general, like it's so present that it's hard to really be like, yes, I want more of this 24 hour cable channel. <laughs> I want to experience it in more aspects. Well, no, CNBC of my life. gets super weird at night. It's not actually 24 hours, right? Cause it, it's tied to the market. Oh, so, so from it's like, like weird, like right. So like when I go on CNBC, they're like they start at five a.m. and then it runs until like seven or eight, and then it's just like crazy thing, things happen on CNBC, like infomercials and garbage, <laughs> and like like you could probably just buy a show to run on CNBC at like eleven p.m. We should just yeah. do that. That's a great idea. 
We should just start running Verge videos on CNBC. We'll just run the Verge cast on CNBC. I'm going to look into this. I'm making yeah. a note right now. Anyway, so it's, so Verizon, uh, the, these rumors have been around for some time. Yeah. Um, have they? They yeah. have. Well, they, credit to Bloomberg. I mean, yeah. people thought, people, they came out and they, you know, in January, right? In January. And, so yeah. the deal was happening they, at Sun Valley, so yeah. around that time. And so they they denied it, and there was this moment where you were like, so was this guy right? Was this guy making this up? Did he get burned? Like, and that moment turned out to have lasted for four months. Yeah. Right. And now we know, like, oh, no, he totally had it. Right. But that's a long time to wait to find out. Well, the, so that in the background, so the, the, you know, the little TikTok of the deal is that there's this Allen & Co., the investment bank, runs a conference called Sun Valley, and the deal was agreed on there. So this dude at Bloomberg, somebody probably told him, like, hey, like, Lowell McAdam and Tim Armstrong were, like, drinking beers at the bar at Sun Valley, you know. Like, dude, hey, what about my company? At Bray Ski. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I bet Armstrong was like, yeah, yeah, you know, fuck it. <laughs> no, Tim, Tim Armstrong doesn't say fuck it. He says, he really like, doesn't. the synergistic qualities of <laughs> optionality require yeah. me to fuckinate it. Yeah. That's what Tim Armstrong says. As a man who has worked for Tim Armstrong, I can confirm that this is true. <laughs> uh, so, back full disclosure, and most people listening to the show, I'm sure, are somewhat aware of this. Uh, the Verge was started by a bunch of people who left Engadget. Which and, was a part of AOL. Which was, still is. Which is, continues to be a part of AOL. For now. Uh, and maybe forever. Well, we'll, we'll get we'll into get that. We'll get there. Um, AOL, Engadget is now, of course, one of our competitors. But I feel a great affinity for Engadget. It's a yes. thing that I'm... We're very, friends with people that work there and like them. <laughs> yes, although they're currently somewhat mad at us. Sam started... Sam emerged onto the scene as an intern at Engadget. This out is of, true. Out of an egg. <laughs> he hatched and he was 16 years old. Yeah. Uh, 19. 19. 19. Um, but anyways, many of our founders, many of our coworkers, the CEO of our company used to work at AOL. The mm-hmm. president of our company used to work I at AOL. I never worked at AOL. Yeah, Dieter's like the only one. Yeah. Um, of the, of, no, of, the, of our founders. I think you might be the only one. Um, you know, so just down the line, Vlad, Sean, yeah. Thomas Ricker, like many people from The Verge used to work at Engadget and many people at Vox Media used to work at AOL. So there, obviously we have many ideas about, right? <laughs> we have many feel, thoughts and feelings about AOL as a company. Um, but it, it is true that Verizon purchased AOL for $4.4 billion. It is true <laughs> that they now own Engadget and TechCrunch, who are both enormously influential technology sites. And the Huffington Post as well. And the Huffington Post. But Engadget and TechCrunch in particular, mm-hmm. right, cover Verizon, cover yeah. mobile, cover yeah. all this stuff. Huffington Post is like... They cover whatever and everything. Huffington Post, all like, time. I don't know, Alec Baldwin just like logs in the Huffington Post. And he's like, here are some words I thought. You know? <laughs> well, like, no, they did. I mean, they, they do good political stuff, but I, especially that's the thing. I mean, I think it's uh, it's interesting. I mean, how much it's it's weird that this happened after Title II came down, right? Like, I mean, I mean not, uh, not that I'm suggesting anything, but just like in terms of the urgency of it, because that would be, that was like the story that all of these publications were covering that involved. Yeah. Like the carriers and you had to really be like, okay, like is Verizon acting in a way that bears on this large issue that people care about? Whereas now, like, I don't know, it feels less urgent because there's no, there's, I don't know what they would do that would be super interesting well, to no, me as a reader. Like, well, well, to you, but the, when I, and when Dieter was a smartphone expert and I was an gadget, yeah, and even now, Verizon is the worst of the carriers. Yeah, they they, they play <laughs> right? they play hijinks with plans lately, but that's like gotten better because of competition. But they used to play they used to block Bluetooth. They used to block, block Wi-Fi. GPS. They used to block Wi-Fi. They used to uh, prevent uh, Google from putting apps on Android on their network. Right. They just got hit with uh, FTC settlement because they crammed charges onto bills. Well, uh, uh, I mean, yeah. everybody did that. Well, yeah, but like <laughs> uh, Verizon has a super cookie that tracks all that, of your data across their network on every device that right. you use. And that in particular is relevant to yeah. this AOL deal because the super cookie has been basically shot down. Well, I, no, they, 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 they opt, there's an app it's, that. It's, yeah, right. But I'll, yeah. You know, I'll ask you this, Russell, yeah. currently I've, there's like a drone, like, I just see some chatter on Twitter about HTTP getting like phased out in favor of HTTPS, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, people give wanna... me the one sentence background there. Um, okay, so basically HTTPS is good because that's encrypted, right? Yeah, yeah, it's encrypted using SSL. Uh, you'll see it; it's by default on like if you use Gmail or banking or anything sensitive, you'll see the little lock on the right. screen, and basically that means I can't. 
be like sitting at the router and seeing your bank account balance, right? right. Because it's sent encrypted. So if you do that, so why would you want to log on to HTTPS Verge? Because you might be worried about people at the network level sort right. of screwing with what's being sent. Okay. So in response to that, what yeah. I have seen an argument, it was, I think it was in motherboard today. It was a really good argument. Um, that, man, it sucks that we're walking away from HTTP, which is the open, transparent foundation of the web, right? Like deprecating H, like that's a, that's well, a symbolic moment, I right? I mean, deprecating, it's like, people it's are like more, trying to move away from it. Yeah, yeah. But one of the reasons that you would do that is because we have this universe of network providers who are sniffing your traffic to track you. Right. And at the top of that well, list not Ver- is I mean, Verizon. I, that wasn't Verizon's idea. It was the NSA's idea, right? Like, well, that's why it's... <laughs> yeah, but if, if you, can, you can say NSA stopped doing that and Verizon's still going to, like, sniff all of your packets to figure out your location and your activity to sell it to advertisers. Well, and so this gets to... So we, people talk about how, like, okay, Google's an advertising company, but the hot... I mean, the the... I don't want to say the hot take, but like the smart analysis. I mean, we had a piece about this was that this was really an ad deal. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Ben wrote that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, um, the, you know, Verizon is an ad company, right? Like that's sort of what this is, is that this helps Verizon be a better ad company and Verizon, like the carrier business is the carrier business. It's not going anywhere, but as an ad company, they can keep growing and growing and growing really well right. and returning shareholder value. Right? Well, so nobody thinks about ad tech, right? I think uh, yeah. it's like a blind spot for the industry for at least consumer tech coverage. Like we don't run a lot of ad tech stories on The Verge. It yeah. just doesn't occur. Um, but here's a thing I knew about AOL. And again, just laying out my preconceptions about AOL. Um, AOL owned our content brands, that the group I was in. Uh, AOL bought the Huffington Post, which is precipitated sort of us leaving to start The Verge. Um, and they kind of never had any idea how to manage any of this stuff. And the rumor right now is that they're going to spin off the Huffington Post. Right, but keep But, but keep and Gadget Tech around sort of the, this yeah. other content group that they yeah, purchased. Yeah. Um, that's fine. And I, you know, I can tell you many hilarious stories about AOL mismanaging <laughs> media brands. That's a, you, you know, anybody listening to this, you know, Come come to New York, buy me a couple <laughs> drinks, and we can get into it. Um, but what is fascinating to me is that Tim Armstrong used to work at Google. He was the head of ad sales at Google. And what he has been doing at AOL, and AOL, I think, and Yahoo are very interesting parallels. Yeah, yeah. At AOL, Tim Armstrong has been buying ad tech startup after ad tech startup after ad tech startup. And he has built this monster of, like, of you know, valuable software that can do things that are important for the internet. So they can track you. They can, you know, you can find your audience, right? You will really want to put your, um, I don't know, your energy drink in front of 18 to 35 year old males. Like they will find <laughs> you and they will put that ad in front of you. Right. You know, it's like Amazon. You, you look for stuff on Amazon and then yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's that, but like it higher and higher levels of sophistication. Yeah. And then you look at Yahoo and Marissa Meyer was the head of consumer products at Google and she bought consumer startup after consumer startup after consumer startup. And now she has nothing valuable at all. <laughs> right? And it's like the, the two parallel universe, like these companies yeah. are mirror images of each other. And you just look at where they made the investments in terms and of people technology. People were, were agitating for AOL and Yahoo to merge. Right. Up until like, I think it, like people finally gave until up like on 10 like, minutes ago. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> But what is fascinating about that is if you think about what Verizon is now, it's just screens, right? And if the future of all of our media and tech is like kind of like re turning everything back into like cable networks, which is kind of where we're headed, Verizon has like a billion screens connected to a broadband network. They have home internet users connected to their uh, Fios service. They just have screens and connection points everywhere. And if they can build the layer that connects all of that to advertising, then it kind of doesn't matter if AOL's content brands are good or bad. So, but right? you can like just slough those right off. And what you've got is um, you've got the technology layer that delivers advertising to all of these screens. But spin out for me what precise method Verizon uses to give me these ads. Because in everybody's dream world for Verizon's role in the ecosystem is you're a dumb pipe. All you do is get me to the content that I want. And sure, right. th- th- those content providers are giving me ads. But is Verizon injecting ads like in the process of going there or are they selling it to the content well, provider? I, I, I think this is where the, the, the cable but, yeah. network metaphor comes into play, right? right? So if you are the ABC affiliate in New York City, 
you have some, and you're showing, I don't know, Dancing with the Stars. Is that right. ABC? You have some ads. There's some national ads. There's some, there's some national ads, ads. There's some affiliate ads that you get to sell. Yeah. There's some, like, ABC stole some ads, and then your cable partner, Verizon or Comcast, whoever sold some ads. Right. And all of those slots get filled. And there's a huge um, stack of people and systems and processes that sell those ads and make that money. And it's obviously very valuable because television advertising is very valuable. But at the same time, money is moving away from TV towards the internet. So if your bet, and if anybody, if anybody listening to the show follows media companies, like we all say the same things, right? I think Vox (coughs) Media is very special. I love working here. The Verge is very special. But when we go out and talk about the company, we're like, we have a great proprietary technology solution (laughs) enabled by data and we're investing in video. And like, you can walk (laughs) over to BuzzFeed and they will say the same thing to you. And you can walk over to Vice and they'll say the same thing to you because that's the future. It's like everybody sees it, right? You, you build a cool platform that enables great experiences. You put ads on it. You put a lot of data near it so that advertisers can get near the right people at the right time. So you can like do sponsored content and put that in front of the right people at the right time. And then you spend a bunch of money making videos because as people stop watching TV and start watching video on their phone, you want to capture all those old TV dollars. Right. And none of the infrastructure to do local advertising or national advertising or like a big company makes a deal and we're going to put ads everywhere that all of that is the ad tech. It's replacing that old series of like four, you know, when the Sony leak came out, and like half of the documents were like sad people being like, well, we traded, you know, NBC some free airtime <laughs> for an old bad Sony movie because they gave us free ad spots for a new like, yeah, right, yeah right, no, that's I remember on those. paper, right? Like that's just people <laughs> on paper being like, we called the, the we called the NBC affiliate in Wichita and we, <laughs> we, we gave them Airbud four for free so that when we put out Spider-Man, <laughs> they'll give us some free airtime next to whatever, right? Like. That used to be done on paper, and now we're going to do it with computers. That's ad tech. Yeah. But see, so this is what's interesting. And this is – But, but yeah, so yeah. – By the way, I have no idea if Airbud 4 is so, a Sony movie. I'm sure someone's going to tweet it. What's interesting, though, is that – I don't even know if there was an Airbud 4. If you think about Verizon as a <laughs> provider of a, a bandwidth, of a service, of the internet, um, there's no inherent reason that they need that they ought to be involved in that business other than it's like incredibly lucrative and they might have a couple extra levers to pull in terms of tracking its customers. Well, that's the thing. They have the data, right? right like, and that's like where the super cookie comes in and all yeah, that, yeah. all those shit. Right. Verizon knows where you are. They know what you're looking at. They can, with the super cookie, they can literally sniff you on the packet level. Right. They have your also, billing information. They have your social security address. And, and they know who's you on are, your family plan. I mean, and this is like the two-year-old Verge piece now, but like where you are isn't just where you your address is, right? Right. It's like physically your location at all times right. because you're going to a cell tower. And I mean, and that's not absolutely perfect, but they're already using that as a sort of boutique marketing thing where if you say, okay, we want to – you know, we want to market to these people in this location. They will, they will sort of. Wait, wait, wait. Airbud 4, John just told me. Airbud 4 was entitled Airbud's seventh inning. What? <laughs> the seventh <laughs> inning stretch. If a seventh inning fetch. Uh, oh, that's great. Just to be clear, Airbud 4 was titled Airbud's seventh inning fetch. I do not know if it was a, it was made by Walt Disney, so not by Sony. Uh, I apologize for the error but here on the Vergecast. Probably sounds straight to video to me. Straight I don't to think video. That was, I mean, I yeah. hear it. Uh, Josh is off to his first year of college, and Buddy has stayed behind with Josh's little sister Andrea and the rest of the family. Andrea, this <laughs> is this is our ad. Instead of doing the real yeah, ad, I'm right. just going to read the plot of so Airbud Four. Airbud Six. Um, what's what's the pun for him? Andrea, dying? attempting to fit in with her junior high classmates, decides to join the baseball team, and along the way discovers that Buddy also has the uncanny ability to play baseball. <laughs> I mean, that does make sense. <laughs> it turns out the kidnappers were researchers kidnapping puppies because they thought they had a special gene that would enable them to play sports. Wait, kidnappers? Buddy must find them and make it to the major league as he goes to bat for the Anaheim Angels. Wait, is it a different dog in each movie? The, the, the I An- have no idea. The Anaheim Angels, the, all they do is move bad movie commercial tie-ins, right? I'm just <laughs> saying. Like, they're not an actual yeah, baseball I'm team. just saying, if you're worried about the future of media and Verizon buying these you know, tech companies or tech brands and shutting Air them down, just know that something happened in the world where Airbud 4 was worth it. Well, no, this is the yeah. classic. You were like, here's the dystopian vision of media. <laughs> but don't worry about it. Airbud 4. <laughs> The classic. Yeah, exactly. The don't worry, Airbud 4 is here. Um, well, I mean, okay, uh, so hang this on, is... Hang on, hang on, hang on. Oh, yeah. 
There's actually technically an Airbud Five. Is it? <laughs> Airbud spikes back. Oh my God, we're done with this. Is, it, is that a volleyball? Movie? <laughs> it's a volleyball. We're super done uh, with wait, this. Uh, John, John's going to the details. I don't it's, believe it's, that it's, it's basketball, football, Golden uh, receiver. soccer, baseball, volleyball. See, it's like you know, like, media was broken before. That's all I'm saying. And then, the, <laughs> The next sport that he will tackle well, is... I think they did a spinoff. There's a death. chimp that played hockey. No. Yeah. Anyway, my point it, to bring this all... There's a chimp that plays hockey. I'm saying that was in a separate film. So that was why they didn't do hockey. Uh. If you were wondering why there wasn't an air about hockey. Well, this doesn't involve balls. All the rest of these involve sports <laughs> balls. He's got to play tennis <laughs> next, right? This is scattered. There's a real espionation crossover here. And then he plays here. shuffleboard <laughs> because he's retired. Sam, hype check air bud. <laughs> Sam's just shaking just, his head. Just, yeah. What are we talking about here? <laughs> We're talking about okay. Verizon buying AOL Here's and what, how it's changed the whole media industry. Is forever. there a world where is there a world where you turn on your television, you're watching the Engadget channel on your Verizon Files cable box? Yes, there could be that world. Is there a world where but you I don't buy think that's, a that's not why they? But that's not that's why not they why. bought. Right, it's for the tech. Yeah, they bought it for the ad tech. No, like think about like you know Comcast is a really valuable big company, right? Um, other cable networks are really valuable big companies. Internet is a like right. It's like valuable. It's valuable, right? That service is valuable. Verizon is basically saying, okay, now we have wireless connections to all these devices. We're gonna do for the internet what TV companies how they've made money, which is figuring out how to put ads everywhere, and like all these little spots on these stacks. That and like, sucks. Well, for the but, consumer, ads are everywhere. But it's weird because that's the core of like AOL's business now. Yeah. And Gadget and TechCrunch and Huffington Post are not the core of that business. And it's also funny because AOL still runs like a $2 billion dial-up service. Yeah. And now, <laughs> now the phone company owns the dial-up service. Kara Swisher had a really good tweet. I don't know if you guys saw it. Did, you, did any of you see it? Her tweet well, about the... Tweet? the I lots of tweets. Uh, Kara Swisher is about um, the, the AOL dude. She was like, I feel like anytime AOL gets bought, that's the burst of the bubble. Yeah. That's <laughs> that's so, such a smart thing to say. Yeah. No, I just, I, I think, you know, your point about Title II and net neutrality, like, I, I am very concerned. You know, AOL uh, or Verizon launched a blog earlier this Sugar Strain. Sugar Strain in December, oh, uh, December 2014. It lasted all of like three days. Right. So the, the editor of Sugar String, which is Verizon's blog, was like recruiting for writers, and his letter is like, Emails to people included lines like, the only restrictions are we can't write about spying or net neutrality. <laughs> and it's like, I know how this goes. Like, I've worked at AOL. I've, I was the managing editor of Engadget. Like, the pressure, I never felt any editorial pressure. And I'm sure those teams over there, they're, they're of the highest integrity. Yeah, there have been some really great disclaimers. Yeah, they, um, they, I mean, they're, yeah. they're like in full rebellion mode. And that's yeah. great for them. And I love them for doing it. But the pressure comes not all at once. It comes in a steady drip of people being somewhat angry with you. And it comes with Verizon owning you and not knowing that the value of a publication comes from its credibility, not from its like ability to like toe the line. Mm -hmm. And that, that lesson is hard for companies that haven't been media companies before. Mm -hmm. Right. And it was, it was hard at AOL because AOL is going from a provider a, like AOL, Time Warner and AOL merged because Time Warner was the media company and AOL was the access company, right? Right. And it was hard for AOL to learn that lesson and they split up. And now Verizon is merging with AOL because Verizon is the uh, network company, and the, the access company, the media company yeah. and AOL is the media company. And it's just an incredible reversal. And so I'm hoping for all those teams that like Verizon doesn't do what Verizon is almost certainly going to do, which is want to control everything. Mm. And it's going to be rough for them when the Samsung Galaxy, Galaxy S7 comes out and it's loaded with a VZ Navigator and, like, you push the wrong button and it charges you $5 because that's what Verizon does. Yeah. They're going to have to just, like, attack their paycheck. Yeah. That's the way that works now. And it's going to be, I think, very difficult. I don't know. That's that's the dis the truly dystopian. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't have any uh, – nobody, nobody seems to think that, like, the FCC is going to stop this or the FTC no, or anybody. So. Like, they're, they're radically different businesses. Yeah. But it's like when I worked at AOL, this is a, here's a true story. When I worked at AOL, um, and I was at Engadget was the first time we started covering net neutrality. Yeah. And there was going to be a set of hearings in Congress. I don't remember if it was the house or the Senate. And I was like, we should submit for me to go and talk. I would love to go and like testify in front of Congress about what consumers are saying to us in our comments and what we cover and like how this industry actually works. And I was shut down by AOL's lawyers. 
because they were like, you will, you're going there not to speak for Engadget and consumers and you're going to speak for AOL and we run an access business. Right. Mm. And we don't want you to screw with that. Yep. And that was like, it was like a moment. I was like, wow, I am outgunned in this conversation. (laughs) Like I didn't even fight it. Um, I mean, that's like a very small story, but like, that's the, it's going to be rough. Like it's going to be super rough when, um, you know, well, look, there's a court decision and it cites it, it, an Engadget piece that I wrote about net neutrality against Verizon. <laughs> right? Like, that's true. That exists. It's on the site. Yeah. Like, they, figuring that out is going to be very difficult. So we shouldn't, I mean, look, it doesn't really matter because the person that decides what news stories we see or don't see is Mark Zuckerberg. That's anyway. <laughs> true. Well, Wait, yeah, I got to read the ad and then we'll do this. Okay. Anyone who has worked in a corporate environment knows how painful intranets can be. The content is stale, the interface is ugly, and you can't access it on your phone. Igloo is an intranet that you'll actually like because it's designed for the user. That's you. It gives you the flexibility to get your work done how you want, where you want, and on whatever device you want. Igloo is truly building a product meant for 2015, not 1997. Like Sam. I like that I fill the ads with burns against all the people on the show. <laughs> Igloo is built with easy-to-use apps like file sharing, calendars, social news feed, and task management. Everything can be social with comments, like buttons. Anyone can add content based on their permissions with drag-and-drop widgets or as a WYSIWYG editor. Igloo makes use of responsive web design so it looks fantastic on all of your des- devices. You can sign up right now. Igloosoftware.com slash Vergecast for a free trial, and you can get started today. End money. End the money zone. End money. What we need, and money, I, I know this money. is primarily an audio show, but on the video, we need like, we need like an endless loop of a tunnel that like starts <laughs> while we like read the ad, right. and then when we're done with the ad, we like exit the tunnel into the sunshine. Mm. Money, money tunnel. Money the, tunnel. The money tunnel. Facebook is the money tunnel. All right. All right. So the story with Facebook is that they have um, made instant. A, instant articles where yeah. publishers can put. Okay. So first of all, We've been calling them publishers, but it's like once you're putting your stuff into Facebook, you're not really a publisher anymore. Oh, Facebook's the publisher. But no, publishing implies like you make the thing that gets distributed, the actual thing that is distributed. No, you make the website, you make this, the thing. The act of publishing is I made a thing, here's the thing. I disagree. I mean, you're, you're, what is our publisher? Marty Moe is the publisher for The Verge. He, he does none of that. Well, I mean, but he like, he, he, the website is the thing that we make but he doesn't make that either but like the classic well, role no, he says here's the thing i'm saying i'm saying, yes. I'm saying yeah. he, right he gestures to it grandly i'm yeah, saying it's a word like, is bad the thing. We, need to, we need to it. let the word go we need a new word for publisher we need you know you know what we are yeah platishers i and we're gonna kill everyone <laughs> what if you were ever hoping coming. if you I were hoping for an episode of the verge cast <laughs> in which i went i murdered everyone <laughs> That, oh, it's that a, moment has it's come. It's a platform publisher. Platform publisher. But platisher. The beauty but of the word is it makes it s- the word. Josh is just laughing at us. Ugly yeah. is the concept. And he's just sitting in the corner but mocking no, us for having this Quartz, conversation. Quartz is, has announced that they're an API company now. That they don't, don't they everybody. don't publish. They they make an they make a journalism API. I just, seriously, like, <laughs> what if I lived in a world in which everyone else was dead? Would, I'd, would, I'd be alive. Would with people you. stop saying the word platisher? Platishers have given their content to Facebook to publish directly inside the Facebook app so you don't uh, load their website because Facebook claims that eight seconds, which is the number that they keep on touting, which is crazy. Have all we the time, eight seconds. We yeah, should start timing them. Is too long and they want the stuff directly in there. So, who are if the you, partners? If you sell ads, <laughs> it sounds like get to work. <laughs> As a platisher, if you sell ads, you get to keep 100%. If Facebook sells them, you get to keep 70%. And everybody. Yeah. In the media industry, has so many feelings about this because we're yeah. already like Facebook's already directing just fire hoses of traffic, right? Yeah. So for some sites, Facebook is like more than fifty percent of their traffic, right? Um, and that is like people post it stuff in the news feed, and you click on it, and it opens a mobile web view. Yeah, it takes eight seconds to load. How's that Apple Watch gone, man? Oh, man. I you got know what's really great is when you're, a lot when of you're talking to someone and then somebody just like immediately you were talking to Russell. glances at your watch you and starts mocking with it. It's, mm. the, it's the best. It's real. Yeah. And then they start doing, because it, with the Apple Watch, it has the uh, the crown. It's like a very like on the <laughs> no. side. So here's it's the not, It's not like tapping a screen. It's like it's this other move. It's like this long like stroke. If. If this were an Android Wear device, it would have been a much shorter interaction. Cool story. Wow, shots fired. 
<laughs> it would have bothered you less. I'm trying to have emotions about that. I just don't. Yeah. I'm just saying. If this was a different smartwatch, it would have been annoying in a different way. But it's less, less time. Yeah, it would have been nah, less intrusive. Anyway. Okay. So Facebook Instant. Yeah. Instant right, right now you do this, but instead they're going to preload the articles into Facebook. I right. think. And they've added little gigaws and widgets, and you can tilt the phone. And there's I think it's, it's all from the paper app that they made. Yeah. You can see why they made that for this. Yeah. yeah. I feel like this is a like a totally, I don't know, media story inside baseball, crazy I, media. Well, story. the main what? thing is like it was the the thing that was really catnip for media was there were I forget how many there were a bunch of publications that were in the alpha and it was like who's on the list and yeah. everyone was kind of looking around it's like oh well the Times you know of course it's the Times Der Spiegel was on there which yeah. I didn't build. Wait, what? Build is on. There's yeah, two oh, German build. publications. Uh, I, was, I was like, yeah, no, uh, yeah. And The oh. Guardian and everything. It was just yeah. like, and everyone sort of, it, it's like, how do you get pe- media people to go crazy is you draw a line around some publications and not others. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, everyone's like, oh my God, this is the worst thing. I mean, there are like horrifying aspects of it. Who um, who are the publishers just for the people listening to this It's podcast? the New York Times, BuzzFeed, National Geographic, Der Spiegel, Build. I think there's uh, the Atlantic, the Atlantic, which I was like, hmm. Um, but I mean, good for them. Yeah. Um, good for them. No, I mean, great. Uh, <laughs> we, and well, and I think like National Geographic does incredible science stuff. And like, I do think it, it's sort of like, I was like, okay, yeah, these are all like, these are all legit. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I kind of want Facebook to pre-cache the stuff. It's, it loads instantly. It's a much better experience than hitting like the full URL. Yeah. Absolutely. I, it's like we put our videos, we spend an enormous amount of time and money making videos and we put them on Facebook. Yeah. Or on Facebook and on uh, YouTube. What yeah. are, it, there's, there's just no difference for me. Like the inside baseball media stuff for me is like, we don't get 50% of our traffic from Facebook. Right. We, get, we, we have, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you the numbers, sources, yeah. right? Like 21% of our traffic is just people coming to the verge.com. Like yeah. Very few other publications have that traffic. Yeah. Strong home mix. traffic. 30% of traffic is people just searching. I verge. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that 30% that is, of our yeah, traffic yeah. is just Reddit typing well, so, I verge into a comment box this is, and then mailing us knives. <laughs> it's crazy. I don't, it's weird. I don't know what to do with it. They, I think what's interesting about it culturally is you do get the sense that people think this is like kind of a beginning of a new era of like what websites are going to feel like. I yeah. think that. that like we had the everyone's freaking out about Google era. Yeah. And then, which by the way, I never cared about that era. I never felt threatened or nervous about Google news. I always thought that that fear was based mm-hmm. in like a, like a fundamental misunderstanding of what Google was doing. And Maybe it could have gone that way, but it was like ne- it never seemed like it was going to to me. Yeah. Whereas this time around, like Facebook has this incredible. When they talk about it publicly, they're like, "Yeah, we just want to make users happy," and I don't know what you're so worried about. It, oh, it yeah. seems fine. Like that what's sounds the like a character from South Park. Yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> seriously, but that, but that character played... in South Park is like a noted child molester. Right. <laughs> they played dumb about media concerns about Facebook taking over the media business on the web. Yeah. I, I just constantly. What are the implications of Facebook Instant in the next calendar year? Will will people so the way you see articles on Facebook now is you you like that page and Facebook knows to surface articles that you would think are interesting. Well, they Does, look at a million signals. They, right. they look at how much you click on, the, what you stop on. The point I want to make is: Will Facebook's partners, i.e., BuzzFeed and New York Times, will these articles now begin showing up for people who don't follow those pages at all? No. And this is no. Facebook transitioning. Not, how do you know? Because they said so. They're not. Eh. They're Facebook. Facebook for now. They could change their mind. <laughs> uh, Facebook for now is not changing the algorithm of what you see in the news feed. They're just making certain things that you see in the news feed faster. I think there's a there's but, a future and but the, the, they may they change it later. It on you. Yeah. But even if they don't, the fact that these things load faster is likely to get people to like click the like button more often. So they're not changing the algorithm, but they're like, oh, like you know, it's a meritocracy. I, mean, I, wrote, I wrote this Whatever. thing. Uh, it's funny. <laughs> We just talked about AOL. I wrote yeah. the thing at CES. Facebook is the new AOL. Yeah. yeah. Facebook oh, yeah. is becoming <laughs> like a walled guard. It's like a place mm. that you can go to on your phone. Right. And then everything will be in that place. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. No. Like it doesn't. You know why? Because like maybe all the traffic from Facebook will go to this handful of chosen websites. 
No, but it's are they even getting? Is that registering as traffic for no. them? Yeah, right. of course it is. Oh mm. no, yes, yeah, Facebook, maybe. Yeah, of course it is. Uh, oh, that's right. They're, they're including they Quantcast. include like Quantcast yeah, yeah. uh, and Comscore and Google Analytics and BuzzFeed was like, we got to put our own internal tool in there. Like, okay, so it's none not. Of these, it's not stripping. None of their early partners are stupid, right? Like the right. quote that almost all of, like. They were like uh, the CEO. Our the, uh, yeah, the CEO of the Atlantic was like, "We're going into this with eyes open," and like the director <laughs> oh. of platforms at BuzzFeed was like, "We're going into this with eyes open," and it's like, "Did you all have a meeting where you agreed <laughs> to use this here's phrase?" The br- here's the play. I just I, I, is it a desperation no. move? Dude, Why if, not? If, I mean, I'll, I don't have any control over these partnerships, but if right. we could put our stuff and make it load faster in Facebook, I'd like do it in a heartbeat. You know what? You're, you're giving, like, you're think giving about all Facebook people so who can, much control. What they already have it. Like well, it's their platform, right? Like we might as well like share some money with them and and and, yeah, and I mean, have a better experience for people. It's like think about all of the people, and you're out there. If you're listening to this, I guarantee you've done this. You've tried to watch a video on The Verge. <laughs> yeah, you've gotten mad. Yeah, at and you were like, yeah. F- and you've left a comment, yeah. and you've and you've left a comment that's like, you should why, why you do buy Angry Words, I Verge, I hate you, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's our commenters. That's my Russian <laughs> word. Uh, and so we like put the stuff on YouTube. We know it's a better experience for people. Yes, and there are some revenue reasons that we need to. Have have it on our player on our site because we sell ads yes. pre-roll and YouTube doesn't let us put pre-roll. Like, Look, I, blah, I think blah, 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 I, blah, I right? agree with you. But in we would sense. rather we know that we, we would rather have people go watch it on YouTube. It's a better experience, like, and I agree why we, that. Why it's, are we talking about YouTube? Like, it's it's, 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 the same thing it's a parallel. Yeah, oh, it's, it's, yeah, it's a direct. So parallel. how do you so pronounce Facebook the word parallel? Parallel? No. Parallel? Parallel. Hey, guys, I'm from Chicago. Parallel. Parallel. What does that mean? <laughs> Parallel. Sick, the burner just, has become the burn. Did you just Chicago? Yes. Because Where's the way Chris that you at? mispronounced the word parallel? Parallel. No. no. Oh, my God. Like Parallel's desktop. No. So, whatever. We're not talking about this anymore. <laughs> okay. That's okay. how you pronounce the word if you're going to end it with parallelogram. Right? Yeah, that's true. What are we talking about here, guys? Your mispronunciation. <laughs> parallel. I have, have a hot I just I'm afraid I'm afraid that we'll new. move toward a world where I mean Facebook Neil right so the experience of Facebook instant is a is better than the eight second loading time I agree with you on that it, it's better to watch YouTube videos than using some jank built-in player I agree with that too I'm just afraid of a world where Facebook has complete control over the news stories its users see. Hey, hey Sam. See. Hey Sam. Can you can can you uh, just really quickly apologize to me for the thousands of times you've poo pooed me when I've talked about the open web and why oh it matters? God. Just really quick. Oh Finally. Just, yes. Yeah, this is happening. Open Wait, how, how many times when have I poo pooed you about the open I, web? No way. Well, that's going on. I'm RLT. We're <laughs> live on the Vergecast. <laughs> That's the uh, yeah I even, no but I, see, I don't know where we've gotten but, but no okay so this goes to my hot take which is like <laughs> when everything your hot your hot poo poo take my hot Facebook take right. about why open standards are important um, so like when everyone <laughs> time was yeah uh, no no go ahead you could have you could build a successful personal blog yeah. By having a lot of RSS followers. Yes. Yep. Right? We did that. That's yeah. us. That's, that's, well, and I mean, and I think one of the things that's, so, I mean, people are talking about, like, the nightmare scenario of face, of this thing, and I, and I don't think it's that, like, your favorite professional publication is suddenly wiped off the map by, like, Facebook decides, you know, they don't like The Verge anymore and no one sees a Verge article on Facebook ever again. That's not going to happen. But at the same time, a lot of, like, people who just sort of, I think of them as old web bloggers because it's yeah. just like a guy in a room blogging and a lot of people <laughs> read what he writes. But Jason Kotke had a post a while ago where he was like, yeah, you know, since Google Reader shut down, like actually, you know, that was kind of a big hit for me. I think that's how a lot of people were reading it. And I think a lot of people sort of turned away from this model of web consumption after that shut down. And yeah. like, yeah, like I'm kind of – I mean he wasn't like making any announcements where you sort of like, yeah, like this whole thing is becoming less appealing to me. Like I think the thing that he does is – not something that travels really well on Facebook. Like mm-hmm. I read Kotki every day, but like yeah. I don't think. And, and I mean, I think that's. Well, I read it via RSS, and then, yeah, no, exactly. But that's then what he, I do he too. Started, well, around that time, he started putting stuff not on RSS. Yeah, and I mean, I wrote the defense of RSS when Google Reader went down. It's like an, it should be yeah. an essential part of like the plumbing of the internet. Yeah, um, but normals like, don't use RSS, and that's do you use RSS right. at all? I Sam? used to. No, I check RSS. Uh, 
it should be at like an eight or a nine because it's probably the best way to consume things on the web in an organized way. But it's like at a four right now, maybe <laughs> <Yeah>. three. <laughs> well, no, but I mean, but so that's the like what's what's sad about it to me is basically we had this era of. I'm going to start a WordPress blog or I'm going to host my own blog. And that enabled like a certain kind of publication. <coughs> and it's becoming clear that that era is kind of, I mean, that over that, that era has been in decline for a little so while. I now. have a theory and, uh, about this. Oh yeah. Like, and I think it, it, it goes to your point about sort of generations. Yeah. I think there's a lot of people who, a lot of great writers who started their own sites, who did their own plumbing who like built their own house? Yeah, because you had to. Because you had like, to. If you were going to be one of and the first generation distra- bloggers, you had to. You yeah. had to, and now they're very prominent. We know who they are, and we care about them, and their opinions are really valuable. And all of them have an enormous blind spot, which is Tumblr, because the yeah. next generation of bloggers is all happening on Tumblr. Can yeah. I tell you? I I like the internet generally. Yeah. But like of social media platforms. Tumblr is the only one that I can go to that actually makes me feel good. Yeah. Like I use Twitter a lot. Tumblr feels more like the old internet to me than anything else. Because it's just teens whining about One Direction (laughs) and Supernatural. Well, no, I mean like we – I I won't say names. Like we're about to make a few hires um, to to continue growing The Verge. And several of them, like basically their reference check was another one of our writers being like, I read them on Tumblr and they're great. Yeah, right. Um, Brittany Holloway Brown, uh, a great designer, um, yeah. who's on the uh, Racked. Racked, right? I was like, which of the yeah, um, and she's amazing and has done amazing work on Racked. But I had been following her on Tumblr before, and right. as soon as we hired her, I was like, oh my god, she's amazing on Tumblr! Like that's so wonderful, right? And so I just think there's this blind spot where if you're like, I don't consume Tumblr as much as yeah. anything, right? Like it's just there; it's in the periphery of my world. Yeah, but there are like. There's an entire universe of activity on Tumblr that mirrors the universe of activity of old blogs where you'd set up a WordPress and do like pingbacks to your movable type. Oh, yeah. And you would all link around in a circle to oh, each man. other. Don't and talk that, to me about pingbacks. I miss, I miss oh that God. stuff so bad. <laughs> what, is, what is a pingback? Uh, a thing, <laughs> it's like a reblog. It's, it's like a trackback. Track so if you put up a blog post and I link to your blog post – your blog post knows that I linked to it. This is part of the original spec of what they wanted to do for the web. Ted Nelson, right? Right. And so you on your post could have, if you wanted, you could list all your trackbacks or linkbacks at the bottom. And so you would know that I linked to you and then I, like, I would link to you. So like, I could read your post and then I could read all the websites, all the other blog posts that had linked to the clever thing you wrote and then just like go around and find other people. Right. So way. it's like, um, but it, it, it turned into a, a vector for both the most hellacious spam you could imagine. Yeah. And it just got hard. To, you know, that hard this is Jaron Lanier's plan for how we get to like full communism. Right. No, <laughs> He's like, pinbacks are going to save the middle class. <laughs> This is, I kid you not, like a year and a half ago, an idea a lot of people took really seriously. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, I don't understand what's happening. Yeah. Uh, I will say yeah. that. Um, I mean, for- people saying crazy shit about the internet is my favorite. Like, maybe we should <laughs> shut down The Verge and just publish those every day. Oh, there are, okay, like, for real, there are things about pingbacks that, like, are oh legitimately God. cool. Here we that go. That have enabled legitimately cool things on the web that are now gone. Uh, That's all I'm saying. Uh, Grandpa Bones. God, God damn it. Somebody <laughs> order a pizza. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read the next ad. Russell, we're going to switch you out for Josh. Okay. We're going to do. Oh, yeah. We're going to do some time on rats. Thank you, Russell, oh, for thank being you. here. Thank are you we for clapping? Me. I clap for Russell. Thank you, Sam. I'm clapping for money. <laughs> Today's episode of The Vergecast is brought to you by Tripcase. Tripcase helps brilliant people take over 30 million trips last year by collecting their flight, hotel, and other trip items into a single app onto your phone or tablet. You also get free flight notifications if you get delayed or gate changes. And with support for Pebble and Android Wear, you'll always be up to date. Too bad you have the wrong watch, Dieter. Wrecked. To get started, go to tripcase.com slash vergecast to sign up. And if you are still not convinced, here is why. Tripcase is a place where trips live. There's Uber integration. fills in your pickup and drop-off locations based on your trip. shows you Uber rates right in the app. You just click. You get a ride. You're in a car. You're on your way home. There's free flight alerts. Tripcase will automatically alert you of any changes to your trip, like a flight delay or a gate change, via email or notification on your phone, tablet, or smartwatch. You can share your trip. You can remember this place. You can easily save restaurants you find on your trip, so you can always remember the next time you're in town. You can get weather at your destination with just a click. There are seat maps because when you're on a plane, the seat you're in is an indicator of status and class. This is true. That's why they're called first class. And you can look at those maps and pick the right seat. 
Go to tripcase.com slash vergecast to check it out today. There's a dude who took off his pants in the background while you were reading that ad. That just straight up happened. <laughs> you know, I was uh, I had lunch with um, Helen Trey today. Helen's yeah. our engagement editor, Trey's our video producer, mm-hmm. and uh, Michael Zlenko. And Helen was telling us a story. She used to work for ad agencies, and ad agencies are like notoriously crazy. And apparently there's a profile of an ad agency. We were talking about creative directors and Shingy and AOL and all these like crazy people who work at these agencies. And there's a profile of an agency in New York where the guy was like, yeah, you know, when I want to get really creative in meetings, I just take off all my clothes. Mm. And we were like... We don't we don't have any of this chaos. No. And then I then we spent kind of a while like threatening to come back in the office and take off our clothes. That was our joke. And then it just happened. Yeah. Good story, Eli. <laughs> Josh Jezza is here. Welcome. Is this your first Vergecast? It can't be. It is. Yeah. What? Ladies and gentlemen, Josh Jezza. Yeah. I don't know what to do. So you the uh, <laughs> the the listener of the Vergecast probably doesn't know Josh. Josh is our report setter. He edits almost all of the stuff that goes on the site during the day. This is true. Mm-hmm. Um, so most of our reporters and writers work through Josh all the time. But Josh is also, it must be said, a tremendous reporter uh, in his own regard and a tremendous writer. And you just published, um, I, would, I was going to say a killer feature, <laughs> but it's actually what it's about. So you want to you give us sort of the, the quick run through of that? Yeah. I mean, puns were sort of hard to avoid with this piece. Um, it's about rats and rat control. And we looked at a couple of different uh, successful or ambitious projects uh, yeah. to get control of rats around the world. Um, the central one being Alberta, which is rat free. One of the only places in the world that's rat free. Yeah. Um, Part of Josh's pitch for this story was like, there's a map and it shows you all the places in the world where there's rats. And like literally, North America is red. Everything the, is red except like except the for the shape circle. of Alberta. Yeah, right. anyway. and Alberta's not a tiny place. It's no, it's huge. huge yeah, uh, like two hundred thousand square miles or something. But the one of the last places that rats invaded. So right. they just acted quickly and decided to set up a rat patrol. Patrol and they patrol the border twice a year, kill any rats that show up. Um, <coughs> and that, like, and everybody I tell the story to, they're like, "But but how? But but right. but how?" And well. I don't like, I, I'm like, well, they, they just, they, if they see a rat, they kill it. And like, well, that's not enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, you understand it a little better once you go there and realize how sparsely So you went on a rat yeah. patrol. Yeah. Right. So what was this like? Um, we drove for many hours to the border and it's just like endless farmland, uh, fields and fields of wheat and barley. Uh, and then these are just super small towns. So they're just looking at like the winter's so harsh there. The rats can only live in these buildings, <laughs> oh, which okay. are, so it, it fairly easy like it's not it's not, it's not new york i mean it's it's they're very uh organized about it but like it's not a normal situation right um but there's a scene in your story where they actually like, picked up a whole thing so that happened the year before this was something he was telling me about. um they found these rats there were like maybe a hundred living under a granary they poisoned it and then sometimes for morale they'll hold a rat shoot and they'll lift up uh-huh. the building and shoot them with shotguns when wow. you say for um, morale they're like it gets kind of boring, like checking on buildings and not finding any rats. So like when you when you get a good infestation, you want to throw a party. And <laughs> you just a shoot all the rats. Party. Right. Um, so you were saying, but there's like a really high tech aspect to this. Like, what's the what's the tech piece of this? So that's more with these island eradications, where uh, rats have invaded all these islands. They eat all the birds. They eat the tortoises. They just eat everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so environmentalists are trying to kill the rats before the rats kill all the birds. Yeah, you um, had a quote from a guy that's like, I, well, look, I either kill all the rats or they're going to kill all the things. I'm, I have to play God either way. Right. He's very existential about yeah, it. Yeah. He's like, it's not a decision about whether we kill something or don't kill something. We just have to decide what we want to die, and we have to kill the rats. <laughs> um, we have to dis- Right. Um, so they do it. They breed so quickly that if, like, if you're going to kill them, you have to kill all of them. So they drop hundreds of tons of poison from helicopters and just like run a grid, like hitting poison every square meter, and just blanket the island, and it kills all the rats. Huh. So, so how do the rats come back? Um, there, that's like a total eradication. So they kill every last one, <laughs> and like it's it's only successful if they kill like every single rat on the island. Because <coughs> if they're two, they breed so insanely fast that they'll repopulate it in like a year. What? But, yeah, yeah. They have a a three week gestation period. Wow. So they, it's just like exponential growth um so that's the super high-tech one and they're experimenting 
or talking about using things like drones to drop bait or they have these automatic traps that are like CO2 powered. So if a rat runs up it, it'll like shoot a piston into its brain and what? it can just like keep killing rats and you don't have to reset it. Oh my God. Um, where, do the, where do the dead rats go? They just fall down. Yeah. They like put it on a wall or a tree. Wow. Um, and then genetic engineering, like making, making it so they only have uh, male rat offspring and that those, their offspring is also all male so that it would theoretically wipe out the population after a couple generations. What? I mean, that's wow. some, like, that's like the lysine deficiency in Jurassic Park. That's right. what that is. Yeah. yeah. But that like didn't work because they figured out. Of, of any animal, I feel like the rat is the one where you can say like life will find a way. <laughs> like, <laughs> they're gonna... I mean, how many yeah. Jurassic Park jokes did you make during the reporting of this story? Because it feels like that is exactly, right. these are all the uh, strategies there. Yeah. Con- containment and control. Yeah. So, and... so you've been reporting this for months. Mm-hmm. Right. And then all of a sudden, a couple of weeks ago, something happened in New York. Yeah. I mean, all these plans sort of uh, coalesced at around the same time. Uh, the the major island eradication, this Arctic island, uh, finished late March. Mm-hmm. And then last week, uh, New York announced a new plan to try to deal with uh, our rats, which yeah. are much more entrenched than, <laughs> than other places. Um, basically, what they're going to try to do is track rats to... The places that they live in huge numbers, like old sewers or parks or things like that, and poison them a bunch, seal up holes in the foundation, uh, figure out waste management plans, and to sort of uh, take a multidisciplinary focused approach to these places rather than the sort of more haphazard thing they were doing before. Right. But I mean... On a scale of one to ten, how doomed are these efforts that actually, like, I don't, I don't expect that they think they're going to eradicate rats. Definitely but. not. Yeah. They... In the pilot program, they were really successful. Like, rat sightings were dropped by 80% or so. <coughs> but, like, you kind of have to keep doing it. <laughs> like, right. like if, if you just move on and don't fix, like, the core problems, like, the huge amount of garbage that sits around on the curb or, yeah. or, or anything like that, like, they'll be back right away. I mean, New York is an astonishing city because, it, like, New Yorkers mm-hmm. just exist with the trash. Right. Yeah. There's, like, the summer smell <laughs> of Yeah, it's coming. Garbage. It's yeah. coming right now. Yeah. Um, it's why, what, you know, why, when I lived in Chicago, which this? is, like, a huge city, Yeah, and, like, there's not trash on the streets everywhere. Yeah, like, well, same, same with, like, I don't know, Minneapolis isn't a huge city, but it's pretty big. And no trash. I, have a, I have a theory that San Francisco does have trash all the over the streets. The trash comes from people outside of the city. No, like, no. there's trash on the curb every day. Yeah, it's the inconsiderate idiots that don't use the trash. No, and then, I don't, and I don't then mean it's litter. also the I mean other. like, actual garbage bags full of trash from Yeah, buildings. if you're not. Don't uh, you live here? Yeah. You're not aware of the trash on the streets. I mean, yeah, they, they people leave their trash on the streets, and then the garbage men take them, right? Yeah, but they sit there for hours have until the garbage lived in another, shows up. Have you ever been to another city? Yeah, and every other city on the planet. No, like, I was, I was born right here in the city. In a bin. <laughs> in Hype the check, alley. never leaving New York City. <laughs> no, I mean, I was born in, like, the suburbs of Jersey. Right, so your trash, like, stayed it's in your at- garage. Or right, like or yeah, and then you bring it to the end of the street yeah. in the big in it, but whatever. in a trash can, and but like yeah. on a day, right? Like I on a specific yeah, like day. when you're walking outside in New York. So if you're and, not from New York, like this is like a weird <laughs> part of our city. Like if, when people move here, they immediately notice it. Like you walk around there's at night, and there's everywhere. just piles of garbage. No, but I mean everywhere. like people people that get like dollar slices and they just will throw the plate, the paper that's, plate that's, on the gar- the ground. A Do, are you talking about like? Garbage bags, garbage, yeah, the huge yeah. piles okay. of garbage bags okay. everywhere. Okay. It's, it's super weird, right? It's like in a city like Chicago, there's like alleys, and the garbage goes in the alley, and it's right. not just like along the side of the yes, street. Yes, yes. I mean, where I live in the East Village, like right outside my apartment door, will just be trash pile of trash bags like every Thursday. That's yeah. what you're talking about, yeah. yeah. And like, but also like that, New York that is, is strike is you a, is weird. <laughs> it should you should be like, what, what is going? What on? what is the other process? How do you? Well, no, the city's just not designed for, like, right, trash, right. right? Like, You don't have space for, like, a garbage can. Right. So right. it's just, like... If like the city is not designed, yeah, actually, but, for anything. But also, at the same time, <laughs> New York is, is dirty. Like, I frequent out at night and see raging, drunken morons just knocking over these garbage cans. That and that man's name is Dieter Bone. <laughs> <laughs> no, but right, like I, I think I, I think there's. A- I just I think like of all of the people I know that can be described as like a drunken party bro, just like me out there raging. The idea that it would be you is like the funniest, okay? Because okay. that's like the hardest juxtaposition. <laughs> but if I was like and that was and that was Chris Ziegler, like yeah, Chris loves to rage. Look, my point is is that I think there's a, a bit of a difference between like the tra- actual 
garbage pieces of garbage on the streets versus like contained trash bags. I think you, maybe you're you're splitting hairs and rats. Yeah, love everything. Rat, rats can just go right to the bag. Yeah, that's <laughs> that was the they can chew that, through brick. The fr- I read. Yeah, what? Yeah. 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 That is disgusting. Yeah, uh, they can chew through pretty much anything, other than, like, including concrete. human. Wait, so how do you? How, how do you? How do you? Especially. How do you? What are like strategies and like, like tech to like solve rats in New York City? They're like tracking them and mapping, just just like making hotspot maps and finding out where they where they are. But like, it's pretty much just a a strategy more than a technology. They're like, we're going to try really hard to kill them in these areas where they're entrenched. Oh my God. Um, and like seal up the foundations and stuff like that. The one piece of technology they mentioned was vacuum sealed trash compactors that these things you can, so you can like suck all the oxygen out. It won't smell and just leave them on the curb and maybe the rats will leave them alone. But wow. Other than that. Yeah. It's like new garbage cans. Yeah. (laughs) There's not, not, not a whole lot you can do other than just like be a little more organized about killing them. There's definitely like a line or a piece in your story where you go on the rat hunt. You notice the trails, grease mm-hmm. trails coming out of everything in New York. Yeah, yeah. And now I look. For, so like the rats get wet. Is that what happens? They like Ew. they're just oily naturally. They like yeah. excrete yeah. oil, and Ew. so like exterminators call them runways because they like have regular commutes where they pop out of the storm drain and run to the garbage that's always on the curb. And so you get these lines called runways just going everywhere. Uh, and that and once and I, I looked for them today, and that was the worst thing I've ever done. <laughs> yeah, they're everywhere once you start looking for them. Yeah. And that was one of the things, like, when I met up this with the, the rodentologist, uh, Bobby Corrigan, he was just standing in the middle of the street, and then people were walking around, and he was looking at the storm drain, which you would never really look at. And you could see, like, just watch rats pop out and, like, run into the bag and run back. It was, like, 6 o'clock. Huh. This makes me want to die. I'm gonna yeah. go uh, buy some boots, <laughs> like some, some big tall boots. So, what was your big? What was your big? We, we, and we, we we're running a little bit over here, so we should wrap up. What was your big takeaway? Like, what's the what's the, like for in Alberta? It's just like kill all the rats, right? Right. But you can't do that anywhere else. And they're like disease vectors, and right. Like, what's the what's the solution? Yeah, I mean, the one the one thing all these products had in common was sort of like a general civic awareness. Everyone's like, everyone's got to do their part to fight the rats. And this is why Alberta was successful in what New York is trying to do, where they're like, take community leaders around and be like, these rats are living in the interstitial spaces of the neighborhoods and like shared space and things. And right. everyone has to pitch in or the city. Well, the, the, the propaganda in, in Alberta is like crazy. It's right. Like- yeah. The, like these World War II posters being like, defend the province. <laughs> the hordes <laughs> are coming. I feel like you just can't get away with that in New York. Right. Like it wouldn't, it just wouldn't go over. They'd be like, nah, I don't, nah. Yeah, like, I, got, like, I, have a, I have a thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, get the hot yoga or um, spin class. Or- well, rats in New York. I mean, it's a great feature. You should definitely 100% read it. It went up on the website uh, yesterday. Headline, uh, incredible pun. <coughs> yeah. yeah, tell us, what were the other puns? Oh, that that was the main thing. I mean, enemy at the, the greats. By the, the way, enemy so. enemy at the greats with a picture of rats popping out of a grate was, was the great one uh, by Zelenko. Uh, we had, I'm trying to remember what the other ones were. Uh, the standing one was rat tails. Obviously. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I, don't, hey, I have to look at the list. We had a long one. Yeah, no, but it'd be great. And we, like I said, Josh, you should actually read everything Josh put on the verge. It's all tremendous. Some of some of our best work. Um, anyway, but we're out of time, sadly. Yeah. Thank you everybody for listening. Sam. Hype it up. Hype hype town. Hype it up. Um, Wait, hype check rats. Oh God. In the negatives. <laughs> we don't <laughs> We don't we don't talk about rats in the first cast anymore. Right. Um uh engagement time. Yeah. Um you should follow the Verge on Periscope. Whoa. Uh that's a new one. That's... Um we're just at Verge on Periscope. Um you should follow us there because we do live things there and it's cool. I'm not going to give too much away because we have plans that are cool. So follow us on Periscope. Uh, you should also follow us on Snapchat. We are the real verge on Snapchat. That speaks for itself at this point. I think if you <laughs> haven't found us on Snapchat yet, um, you will like what you see there. If you, if you do it I while we're it. recording right now, you'll still have a chance to see Sean O'Kane uh, no, ride that's gone. in an IndyCar. Oh, it's gone? It's gone. We missed it? Yeah, uh, but I, I, I made a Snapchat story about the secret room in the office today. Okay. Um, there you go. So you can look at the secret room in the office. And back to you. That's it? Yeah. No. <clears throat> two, two for Sam. Two, two for Sam. All right. Well, you can also follow Sam on Twitter. He's at Sam Sheffer. Dieter is at Backlon. Josh is Josh Jezza. We got to spell. spell. Uh, D-Z-I-E-Z-A. Yeah, you got it. Follow Josh. Very entertaining. 
I am at Reckless. You can also just follow us on many other platforms, but Sam won't tell you what they are. Um, and go to iTunes, rate us, review us. Um, <clears throat> I'm supposed to point out that Eater, our sister publication, has a new podcast called Eater Upsell, which is super great. Oh, wow. You should look for that on iTunes. It's pretty funny. Um, we also have What's Tech with Chris Plant. You should look at that. I would, like I said, we're, we're cruising our way towards a thousand five star reviews on iTunes. So help us out there. Um, uh, give me, you know what I want to know this week? How do you get the verge? Do you do it on RSS? Do you get it on social? What's like? Leave a review. Tell us how you read the verge. That'd be really great. Five stars is always my favorite amount of stars. Six, I think, overdoing it. Four, clearly not enough. Uh, iTunes.com slash Verge. That's us. Thank you to Igloo for being our sponsor. Sign up at igloosoftware.com slash Vergecast for a free trial. You can get started right away. And thank you to Tripcase. You can go to tripcase.com slash Vergecast, and that is wonderful. And a very special thank you to High Five. Take back the first 15 minutes of every meeting and get started today. Go to highfive.com slash verge. Request a free trial of High Five. That's H-I-G-H-F-I-V-E dot com forward slash verge. Request your free trial. Start meeting face-to-face with High Five. That is it. That is our Vergecast. We will be back next week at this time, which is a time on demand because you're listening to a podcast unless you're listening to it live. It will chase it this time. That is it. Goodbye. Rock and roll.